Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm Dolores Semeraro, and this is my weekly show where tourism, travel, and hospitality industry professionals meet to discuss and share marketing strategies as they reshape the future of travel. If you want to learn the truth directly from the leaders and the doers of this industry, you are in the right place. Before you dive into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And while you're on it, go on and follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Truth Behind Travel Podcast. Truth Behind Travel Podcast 2023. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, as always, Dolores Semeraro, and today we kick off a whole new year of podcasting dedicated to the tourism, travel, and hospitality industry. Across the tourism industry today, we often speak about embracing a more inclusive and diverse approach. But what does it exactly mean? How do we practically develop a more inclusive company culture? And what are the benefits of this approach? The traveler's profile today is growing more and more complex by the day. The tourism industry operators have come to understand and even enhance a more gender-neutral approach to their customer's profile, but a lot more remains to be done. And the challenge is that many tourism operators do not quite know how to tackle this social change, which will inevitably have an impact on the future of their businesses. So to kick off the new year, I think some clarity is in order to help you get the full picture of what it means to be an LGBTQ plus friendly destination or business and what it will mean moving forward. For today's episode, I called in quite possibly the best person for the job. Not only an expert, but a true advocate of the travel LGBTQ plus community the chairman of the board of directors of IGLTA, the International Gay and Lesbian Travel Association, Felipe Cardenas. So stay put, because we're going to discuss why LGBTQ plus travel is crucial to building an inclusive future of travel, how you can get on board, put your destination or your business on the map, and learn what are the direct financial benefits of tapping into this social movement and what can you do to champion change across your company culture. I can't wait for you to meet Felipe and without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining today on a very special recording of Truth Behind Troll podcast. And for joining me in welcome, my special guest today, Felipe Cardenas, connecting from Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Hi, Felipe. How are you? Thank you for this invitation. Indeed, I'm in Miami Beach right now, spending a little bit of holiday, but I also live part-time here. So just enjoying sunny Florida. We met at the recent uh, summit in Spain the Tourism Innovation Summit. I was impressed, really impressed and mesmerized by all the content and the discussions um, that you put forward during the summit. We spoke a lot about the world of travel, a more inclusive world of travel. And in line with what this podcast stands for, like to bring that truth that really lies behind the world of travel and tourism, but in a marketing key, of course, um, I wanted to hear from you direct first experience of how the world of travel is changing within the LGBTQ plus communities. You are not just uh, an advocate and a supporter, a, I don't know, uh, how to define you, your, your, your fullness, you know, your, your, you've dedicated so much more than just a, a professional life to this and uh, I wanted to hear from you a little bit about of your background and what made you become such a a, a spearheading advocate of the LGBTQ plus communities in the world of travel, which is what we're talking about. Well, first, thank you very much for having me. It is really a pleasure for me sharing time with you, but also with everybody that is going to see and listen later this session. Um, as you say, my name is Felipe Cardenas. I'm originally from Colombia in South America. Uh, I have a business background. I was working and dedicating my life as a young professional on the consulting business. 
um, I had the opportunity to travel the world with uh, my first jobs working in consultancy. Um, but after just a couple, maybe a few years working in deep corporate world, I realized that I wanted to do more. So I quit my job. I uh, plan a trip to India to detox myself and pretty much to uh, get to know more about me and about my my vision of the world and what I wanted to do with my life. And that was a very special place because it was a revelation that I wanted to become an entrepreneur rather than continue pursuing a corporate life. In that sense, I came back to Colombia. This is back in 2010 after, again, traveling the world with my job. And then with my partner, we opened a management consultancy that was dedicated to help small businesses to thrive in international markets. Colombia was getting more international back in those days, becoming a much safer country, not only to visit, but to invest. And a lot of uh, Colombian and Latin American corporations were less shy to interact with the small businesses within the region and doing trade. So I was supporting that economical activity. Thanks to that, I got really involved with the U.S. Embassy in Colombia, in Bogota. And then with them, I got an invitation in 2012 to listen and to hear what was the experience of having a national LGBT Chamber of Commerce in the U.S. that is based in Washington, D.C. So some people from that entity came to Bogota, present us the model, and, and a group of entrepreneurs got interested. And we started working as volunteers, understanding what was about having a chamber of commerce that was not dedicated to an industry or an economical sector, but actually was advocating and pursuing economic empowerment opportunities for a group of individuals, for a social group, in this case, the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, therefore, we founded a formal NGO, a private entity that is the Colombian LGBT Chamber of Commerce. And then I started getting involved with different initiatives and activities, providing economic empowerment opportunities for LGBTQ plus Colombians and also migrants that are living in our country. Fast forward a few years after doing that activity, I got involved with an entity that I'm deeply passionate about, that is the IGLTA the International LGBT Travel Association. This is an entity that is recognized by the UNWTO as the only entity in the world that is kind of the official advocate and promoter of LGBTQ plus travel. Uh, IGLTA was founded back in 1983. So we are about to get 40 years of having this entity in the world that is promoting that the travel industry become more inclusive. I got deeply involved with them in Colombia. The chamber in Colombia that I'm leading was officially announced as the representative of IGLTA in the Colombian territory. And we worked for a few years promoting the different tourism and travel businesses in my country, such as hotels, airlines, tour operators, um, entities, local DMOs and CVVs that are promoting tourism in local destinations in Colombia to get involved with this international association. But it was back in 2017 when my, my involvement got deeper and I joined the board of directors of the entity. Uh, I was appointed to be the treasurer. I had always had a finance background in my professional life. So I, I started contributing as treasurer of the association and I had the opportunity to co-lead with the CEO of the entity and the rest of the members of the board of directors the turbulent times of the pandemic, how to keep alive, alive the association, how to restructure and reorganize the portfolio of services the association offered to the different businesses and corporate partners in such an outstanding times as 2020 and 2021. And it was in September last year, September 2021, when after servicing the board of directors as treasurer for four years, I got elected as chairman of the of that governance body and that's something that makes me very proud not only for me and for my ego which might be amazing but actually for the service that i can provide as the first latino and the first colombian that actually integrates this body but also leads the board of directors of an, a, glo a global association such as iglta so that's pretty much my general background what i have been doing in life is being already over 10 years leading the colombian lgbt chamber of commerce with LG iglta have been involved around seven or eight years and since last year i have the privilege to be 
the chair of the board of directors. And, and, and today I'm really looking forward to what is about to come for the evolution of what we call this day inclusive travel. It sounds like you've got busier after you left your corporate life rather than before, but a good, busy in a good way. You know, you turned your, what you had, what was more important to you, uh, your values, and you, you put it down as a, as a passion of yours and you put it into practice. You put it into action to the point that the people that were working with you and around you trusted you to lead an organization like that. And as as the organization gets just about to just about to turn forty years old, that there has been a lot lot of water under the bridge, I know, and a lot of challenges. The world of travel as we know it today has changed and continues to change. Imagine just how technology has influenced the way we travel, the way we prepare for travel, the way we dream about travel, the way we experience travel in the middle and then right after. So a lot of that has evolved. How do you think the organization uh, IGLTA has evolved with it? When you look back, what what are you able to bring forward and what do you think needs to be changed completely and it will be innovated in the future? Well, I really like this question because I believe the evolution has been tremendous during the last years. Uh, again, 40 years, four full decades of promoting a more fair and inclusive travel industry. At the very beginning, wasn't necessarily about what we call to the LGBTQ+. Remember back in the 80s and in the 90s, being gay was even illegal in a lot of countries. We cannot forget the fact that homosexuality was considered even a disease. Remember, it is only until May 17 of 1990 that the World Health Organization removes from the list of international and global diseases, the homosexuality. That's why it's so relevant. And we see today so many celebration and, and what is called today the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, and Transphobia as May 17. May 17 is becoming as equally important of June 28. That is what a lot of people have in their minds as, as the pride or the LGBTQ plus international celebration day. But that's in June. Actually, in May 17 of 1990 was the day the World Health Organization removed homosexuality from the international list of diseases. So if you see from the 80s and the 90s, actually, we weren't talking about uh, how fair inclusive the travel industry could become. We were talking about get, gay travel. And when back in those days we were talking about gay travel, when you see historical records of what IGLTA started doing back in those years, it was a deeply U.S.-based organization that was promoting and highlighting the different travel experiences of white, cisgender, gay men only. And pretty much those were the first things that were going on around this new concept. It was back in 1983 with the UNWTO under the international affiliate program they have called IGLTA. Yes, cool that you are here, that you got organized, that you are putting together this portfolio of services of networking, advisory, and opportunities for different businesses in the travel industry that want to get connected with this new and upcoming called gay travel. IGLTA start running different events and different activities around that concept. But if you see fast forward for these 40 years, the evolution has been tremendous. These days, we are not talking about gay men only anymore. We consider LGBTQ plus travel is even today evolving in something that is more powerful that is called inclusive travel. We are finally opening the spectrum of diversity. And we are talking first and most important when we want to diversify from gay men, we're talking about women. In a lot of countries, women like in my country, Colombia, for example, almost 52% of Colombia's population are women. How we dare even today to call them a minority? They are not at all a minority. Women are the minority in my country. In that sense, when we talk about 
LBT travel. We are talking about women, women that happen to be sexually diverse, women that also get connected and start traveling individually are solo travelers. That is more popular these days. That finally there are places that are safer for women to travel to travel by themselves, but also women in couples, women in groups, diverse families that are composed by two women that are a couple and they already have children. I don't care if they are adopted or they have it in whatever way, even biological uh, conceived children from them. We have quite a few um, different moments and activities within the year and in a lot of destinations that are finally talking to these women and attracting them to come to these destinations. Mm. So I believe the evolution has been tremendous. Of course, the legislative aspect of the evolutions of LGBT rights in countries has been probably the major enabler that has facilitated to talk about uh, in a broader spectrum of LGBTQ plus traveling. We cannot forget to see that per history is only in 2000 than the Netherlands is the first country that officially approved and passed a law to allow same-sex couples to get married officially. And very, very uh, immediately after that, some other countries like Belgium, then Spain in 2005, then this entire social evolution of human rights start becoming relevant in Latin America. So countries like Argentina in 2009, and then later other countries like Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, a lot of countries in Europe, finally US and Canada too. Some countries uh, even in Africa and, and, and also in Southeast Asia are coming into the list. South Africa also have marriage equality, of course, Australia and New Zealand. But now we have even countries in, in, in that side of the world going more east when these is still a very sensible topic that are making history. Let's talk about Israel in the Middle East, or let's talk about Taiwan, for example. That is a complex topic to talk about Taiwan as a destination because all the complexity they have with China. Uh, but if you see, as time goes by, and today we have almost, and it's funny because almost coincide, IGLTA is about to become 40 years old, and we are about to have 40 countries globally that have marriage equality, for example, which is pretty funny and coincidental. But the bigger the societies start evolving and these flags start turning on as territories with LGBT rights, LGBTQ plus travel or inclusive travel is becoming more and more relevant. The evolution these days, when you take the entire picture, is telling all the businesses that discrimination is actually a bad business. And in that sense, we are facilitating with everything that IGLTA is providing to all the different businesses out there from the travel industry, not only to see an opportunity on, on, on making more business, because this is actually an economical opportunity, but actually to link powerful concepts such as diversity and inclusion with, for example, sustainability. We cannot talk about sustainable tourism, a very popular concept these days that is being talked in so many spaces and events, uh, if we are not having diversity and inclusion practices in our businesses. So every day is becoming more and more relevant. And I remain hopeful the evolution of LGBTQ plus traveling in the years ahead is that this should stop being an agenda. I am a truly believer, and this is even sometimes gener this generates a little bit of uh, uh, disruption in the audiences of IGLTA, or is even polemic to mention about this. But I am a true and open speaker that I believe there has to be a day where we can close the door and hang the shoes of IGLTA and association, which shouldn't exist anymore. The day we achieve our mission, we should close this entity and this association. Why? Because everyone could travel in a safe, respectful, and inclusive way to anywhere they want. Still, that doesn't happen today. That's why we remain so relevant and the association is gaining so much strength because even though with the advances on LGBT rights and the society becoming more progressive and the younger generations having more power to decide and to not only express opinions, social media is great for that, but actually to decide what is going on in the world, still we have, we face a lot of discrimination and a lot of rejections in many countries in the world. 
So that's why IGLTA is still today, 40 years after its foundation, becoming so relevant in today's societies. So your vision is to close the association, actually, once it reaches its goal and is it completes its mission to the point that there is no need to protect anyone anymore because the world of travel, per se, has already embraced everything, has embraced it, has, has, has embraced people, has embraced uh, mentalities, mindsets, has embraced cultures, has embraced a financial vision of how things can develop. So from a, not just from a, a human growth point of view, but also as a revenue point of view, because at the end of the day, as you said, there are challenges that institutions at, at country level are still posing to the growth of the association. So what you mentioned is is a list of country that has opened up to uh, the, their law and their legislations to adapt to the change of society. However, where would you see the biggest negative impact on the growth of IGLTA? What I observe is that the institutions could make that step forward. But is that enough? when the private sector doesn't catch up with that you can have a you can have all the laws that you want but at the end of the day the private sector of the tourism industry it's what basically we need to we need to deal with with companies that companies that have directors direct companies that have bosses companies that have employees so when speaking to tourists and guests of the resorts where i was staying this last few weeks uh, they they weren't talking about the Maldives government and what was happening in the country for them to choose to to travel to Maldives. They were talking about the hotel employees and how they were, you know, feeling um, welcomed or cared for or loved. So I think that the private sector really plays a huge role. And I wanted to know from you whether you think that that role is actually slowing down the development in uh, of of the work that IGLTA can do globally yes so this is a very complex issue because we will be mixing different powers here the ability from governments to understand the needs of societies that are, are very proper for just the human evolution that they want to go further and progress having a more fair and inclusive legislations and we are just talking about basic access to human rights, that I, I should have the ability as a human being in my country with a local ID and a passport to decide who I want to love and also who I can spend my life with. And, and for basic that it sounds, that is not an ability a lot of uh, sexually diverse individuals have in the world. So the government plays a key role, as you mentioned. But the corporate sector is also a very strong enabler of this social evolution to materialize in the reality. Because the corporate sector, based on the businesses, it doesn't matter the size they have or, or, or whatever they do. Let's talk about travel industry. I don't care if you are a major hotel corporation globally with over X hundreds of properties around the world, or you are just a local tour operator in this X, Y, and Z destination that provides only two services. That's fine. And I also don't care about the amount of revenue you generate. At the end of the day, in an accounting year, all those businesses in the travel industry are paying taxes, generating jobs, running businesses, getting some income, income, and also providing services that are bringing satisfaction to everyone that uses this with travel. In that sense, the corporate sector play a key role in businesses should be the drivers to impulse and actually accelerate that social evolution. What happened these days, and especially in the travel industry, and I have been seeing this not only in Colombia. Colombia might be a good example, but actually in very developed countries for tourism, such as Mexico, for example, the Dominican Republic, destinations within the U.S., Spain, France. We are talking about the major destinations that attract foreign visitors uh, Dozens of of millions of foreign visitors per year. Let's talk, talk, let's talk also about countries in Asia, such as Thailand, that receive so many visitors. They have understand that the travel industry is still with all the evolution that have had in the last years, and especially as you mentioned, technologically wise, is still 
a few steps behind in what I call social evolution and what IGLTA understands and stands for social evolution when you go to travel events. For example, yes, you do see more women coming to these events, but when you talk about decision power of biggest hotel chains, hotel brands, cruises lines, airlines, tour operators, software companies that have uh, services for the travel industry, most of those decision-making bodies or decision-makers, um, key executives are still men. Men that are not necessarily young, that are more in the senior uh, timing of their own professional careers, that tend to be more conservative, that tend to maximize whatever works for them. For example, in Latin America, it's very common to listen and to hear businesses when we talk about LGBTQ plus traveling, they say, I, most of my clientele is families. And we always answer back how that is conflicting with being open, diverse, and inclusive. How the concept of my clientele is more a familiar clientele that might be conflicting with the, fa with the fact that you can have solo couples, groups, or even families that happens to be diverse. I, and it's funny because sometimes the mindsets are so spread from the top to the bottom in an organization of the thinking on a specific individuals that, again, unfortunately, are men that happen to be older in their age already that might be close to what is called innovation or openness or, of thinking. And also, a lot of those decisions are still driven to the bottom of the organizations. So when I speak with a lot of human resources departments and marketing and sales or business development departments of hotels, airlines, cruise lines, tour operators, restaurants, even CVVs and DMOs, they hold back and say, I love it. I do believe it's relevant. I see the numbers there, but my boss won't approve this. And it's as clear and as direct like that. So what we have experienced is that at some point, and I was an active body of having these discussions inside of GLTA, because at some point the association faced itself towards that challenge and say, where we can grow, what can we do more in order to stay relevant with major corporations that can push the inclusive travel agenda forward. And then I said, we have two routes um, or we have two choices to make here. Either we fight against and frontal to them with a lot of media, a lot of PR, a lot of testimonial in cases where this is good, or we take the other approach. And the other approach is a little bit more disruptive and different, but it's actually walking close with them, making friendships with them, and educating them. What we have been fine, Dolores, and this is probably very obvious, but for IGLTA it wasn't. It's a major revelation, is that, yes, there is homophobia and transphobia in the travel industry. We can, that can be an assessment. But above that, what is bigger and the white elephant that we have in the room is called ignorance. It's called lack of knowledge. Lack of it knowledge. Is called, exactly. It is called lack of clarity. What even LGBTQ plus means? Because quite a few top executives from the travel industry, they don't even know. When we talk about LGBTQ plus travel, they imagine rainbows, a cruise with 8,000 gays have naked kissing and partying seven days, which is fantastic and that produces a lot of money. There is nothing wrong with that, but it's not only that. There is so much more in the spectrum of sexual diversity, sexual orientations, gender and expression identities of hundreds of millions of citizens in the world that are ready to travel, that have money in their pockets and access to their own credit cards to invest in travel experiences that can be memorable for them in a respectful environment. They are not asking anything else than that. It's as simple and as obvious as it sounds. So while we have proven, especially in the, in, in the recent years and during the pandemic, especially on the virtual spaces, that the pandemic forced us to jump in and when the travel industry did a full stop, at least a few of the businesses while remaining alive or surviving, finally had the time to study, to analyze, to do research, to stop and say, let's see what else is out there. A lot of brands, and I'm talking about global brands, finally they have the opportunity to say, ah, 
finally, I understand a little bit about this. So we in IGLTA understood it is about training. It's about capacity building. It's about the spreading the knowledge and having the clarity on the language that sexually diversity, it is a reality in most of the countries globally. That's the bottom line of the conversation. And I do have the power as a business owner or as a business executive to decide how can be my approach towards this group of individuals that are out there that might be maybe my rescue from these turbulent times because of their frequency to travel, their purchasing power, and the ability to refer and recommend brands globally that are more open and more accepting diversity and, and, and just, just the fact of being diverse. In that sense, IGLTA already began, and this is dating from earlier the pandemic, 2018 and 19, a very important journey coming to these corporations, providing a more closer uh, partnership with them that we can help them to understand, not only through training, we directly don't provide training, but we have great members in the association that are experts on training uh, these tourism businesses, how to become more fair and inclusive. And what we have found, and especially with the global service we run during the pandemic and we are running these days, is that there is zero businesses, and this is a very powerful KPI. And let me rephrase this. There is none evidence of anybody in the travel industry that have go to the LGBTQ plus segment to explore new businesses opportunities that have failed. On the contrary, a hundred out of a hundred businesses that are interviewed for any report or research that have approached LGBTQ plus travelers have succeeded in revenue generations, in portfolio diversification, or also in relevance and reputation within their peers and even towards their competitors. So that's why we call diversity and inclusion indeed it is a business case in order is not only the right thing to do but it's actually a business case and i believe the corporate sector and this is our call from iglta to all those businesses out there even in tough environments where maybe legislation is not joining us uh, in support or in favor because there are a lot of destinations you and i know they are very hot uh, visiting destinations that everybody wants to go but maybe the local legislation is not necessarily open and friendly to this, but still people go. So why don't taking a step forward and becoming more proactive and say, at least within my territory, within my walls, within my 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 location, I want to make sure these people is well-treated and welcome when they come to visit. And in that sense, what we will continue doing is walking next to the corporate sector, not only judging them and judging the vision of those top CEOs and high executives uh, in the corporate uh, level from tourism organization, judging them why you are homophobic and why you don't understand us, but actually the opposite. That's fine. If you think this is not cool, if you think this is wrong, if you think even this is a sin, because sometimes religion is deeply involved in the way businesses make decisions. And this is not only about Catholics or Jews or Muslims, any type of religion Sexual diversity is still complex for any type of religion. And there are a lot of businesses in the tourism industry that are decision-based, not only for personal reasons, but also religion influence a lot of the business decisions of the travel industry. Uh, We just became aware of that reality. We just became patient and we are taking the proactive approach. We are educating people all around the world in these businesses, presenting them this not only as an economical opportunity, but also a great way to do sustainable tourism in the long run. Do you think that's the way forward to make them care first? Does it have to be, my question is, does it have to be a a financial reward that makes them care to get on board? Or, or what else can it be? Because it sounds to me that we're putting it we're putting the accent on your financial, your, you know, your, your revenue, your financial returns. If you do provide this, if you are this, if you are training your team to do this, but does it have to be, does it have to be a financial reward to make them care? That, that's a really good question because our thesis relates that is two things. 
at the end of the day, we do understand because we are talking about business here. We are not talking about only social causes mm. and we are not governments and we are not, let's say, um, social entities like other type of NGOs that are promoting social good. We are an association that has a global scope that is promoting the thriving and success of businesses in the moment they decide to do a, a inclusive travel or inclusive tourism. In that sense, there is a thesis we have in IGLTA, and I always repeat this to our board of directors, adding social value cannot go against or cannot be a walking opposite from added economical value. The two things have to be combined. We cannot be shy to say that the more diverse and inclusive I become as a company, the more profitable I can get. We shouldn't be disconnecting those two items because at the end, me as a CEO or as a VP of marketing, sales, or HR in a corporation might have all the will to provide this training, to access, to learn, to understand about why um, um, diversity and inclusion are relevant for corporations or for businesses. But at the end, it's about the dollars. And at the end, I need budgets. And at the end, I need approvals. And at the end, I need those financial and economical resources to invest in everything that I want, that I'm saying that I want to do. So we are truly believers that two things are combined. It is the right thing to do from the social aspect because organizations have to walk in parallel of the social evolutions. If they don't do that from their own territories, they will lose relevance and they will disappear, period. That's also a statement there that reflects the reality of a lot of businesses. The moment your brand or your business plan walks away from the social values your audiences are demanding from you, they will go just to something somewhere else. But on the other hand, I cannot forget the fact that I need to remain profitable and successful in my numbers, in my finances, because if not, how I am going to grow as an organization, generate more employment and pay more taxes, and also to have some profit. In that way, our thesis relates in those two pillars. We are promoters of adding social value. In parallel, we are generating economic value for those businesses, because then you have the perfect match. This is why, for example, Rainbow washing or pink washing are such powerful concepts when we talk about diversity and inclusion in the travel industry and why so many brands have failed when they turn brands in June and they put rainbow colors in all their social media and they say, let's celebrate Pride Month because it's cool to be gay. But actually, when you go to a point of sale of that entity or you visit that hotel or you jump in in that airline or you hire that tour operator, and in the first moment of truth, you realize in their customer service policies, there is nothing about diversity, equality, and inclusion. There is not a fair and comprehensive languages for those moments of truth. And then you realize the, the, the driver of that image is only an economical purpose and then everything falls behind but when actually you are reflecting that what you are saying that's what we call walking the talk we not only by your speech but actually by your actions by the language you are using by how you demonstrate that is equal and you even you don't care I call the perfect state of diversity and inclusion reflections in social bodies when we are careless we shouldn't care that it's a same-sex couple that is asking for, for one room with one bed. I don't even care. I, I, I actually just want for them to enjoy their, their stancy with us as a hotel. As obvious as it sounds, Dolores, this is still not reflected in thousands of businesses in the tourism industry. I still see rolling eyes in different boards, in different meetings, when we talk about LGBTQ plus travel, this is why IGLTA is so relevant these days. Because in a more globalized and interconnected world, with all the news are just a click of distance through these phones, we have been seeing our reputation of brands and how actually purchasing power decisions sometimes shift from one brand to another one just because those concrete actions. So the invitation of IGLTA is let's walk the talk. It's important to say and to make statements about brands of travel industry becoming more diverse and inclusive. It's more important to demonstrate that in the daily actions those businesses are doing when they face those moments of truth towards sexually diverse travelers.
ultimately is the human connection. It's it's the human treatment and also that that sort of response that we have that chemical response that we have to each other when we meet. And I've worked in hospitality, hotel based for many, many years. In many cases, I'd although I was marketing and PR, so I was a bit behind the scene, but I loved to spend time at the at the reception, at the front office and really meeting guests, even if they were not PR, even if they were not journalists. I just, you know, like that guest relation aspect of the job. And today I see that in many hotels, you still get that giggle that still shows that there is no sensitivity uh, training put into how do you deal and, and there's no update into how is the world out there coming on holidays in our hotel in here, right? So if we keep thinking that the world out there hasn't changed, hasn't evolved, hasn't prioritized or accepted or even noticed change in, in social structure, how can we then, as a as a I speak as a tourism operator, how can a tourism operator or a hotel owner or hotel manager cascade that change into the you know the the DNA of of that the tourism of the service industry, right? So how can people move beyond that giggle? move beyond that, uh, even just, I don't even want people to not care if there is a same-sex couple checking in the hotel. I want them to care because it's different, because it's not about, it's not about being right or wrong. It's not about religion. It's not about background or anything. It's about being people, serving people. And when you serve, when you work in the people industry, you should care. You should not ignore that okay, there's a same-sex couple checking up, who cares? They're still guests. No, because they get, these guests will have a, a, a different sensitive approach to their holidays because they don't come from an easy life. Nobody has it easy. Nobody has had it easy for the last 20 years. So we should keep that in mind. And speaking to um, some of the guests of the resorts, it was a beautiful, they were on honeymoon, this beautiful gay couple at the resort, and I spent some time with them. I had a coffee and I asked them, would you share with me um, what was your oddest experience in a hotel as a couple traveling together? And they said that this was, to my surprise, there was Dubai. Um, they said we checked in. We were there to check in in this hotel in Dubai, downtown, super central, um, very, very luxurious, very high profile hotel, like probably a five star as Dubai, of course, will be. And the receptionist insisted in offering an extra bed in the guest room when he noticed that two gentlemen were checking in. Said, no, let me add an extra bed. And the, the one of them said, no, we don't need it. No, but we let me put it. No, but we don't need it. And so that kind of like back and forward a few times until finally the receptionist stepped back and accepted that there was no need to add an extra bed. Okay. So these this experiences although then the holiday went well and everything was great and they loved Dubai and, and all that, it remained with them to the point that when I asked, that was the first thing that came to their mind. So what happens that across that word of mouth, right? Across that um, sharing travel experiences, what do you think is the make or break factor that, that for the LGBT plus community makes them choose a travel destination or a travel hotel or like an experience? Is it word of mouth? Is it reviews? Is it re feeling represented? Is it some sort of certification or accreditation that they're looking for? So what can travel businesses or tourism businesses invest in when it comes to that, that X factor? In IGLTA, we have studied this a lot. And what we have found in the in the recent years is that, of course, it's a combination of many aspects, Dolores. But if I can resume that in only one concept, it will be safety. And not safety because I'm afraid in the street they are going to rob me and they are going to take out my cell phone from my hands. No. Safety of the general concept of feeling safe in a destination because of my sexual diversity. Let me give you a couple of examples. There is nothing that panics the most and scares the most LGBTQ plus travelers than taking 
a transportation, whatever it is, a cab, a taxi, an Uber, a lift, a private transfer, whatever, from an airport to a hotel. Because you are really vulnerable in that very moment. That's one of the most powerful moments of truth. We are with your partner, with your lover, even with a group of friends. And then depending on how the driver reactions when you say X, Y, or Z comment, or when you have an affection expression towards your partner, holding a hand, giving a little kiss, even hugging, falling asleep in his shoulder, whatever demonstration, you panic for the reaction. Literally, this is being assessed in hundreds of surveys globally about what are those moments of truth that happen in with traveling that makes you conscious that you might be in danger. When you are a same-sex couple asking for a picture, for example, can you take us a picture? And just that simple aspect of life might generate rejection and discrimination. In that sense, we have understood in IGLTA safety is a driver when picking a destination. And that's why education is so relevant. Because this is not an automatic thing to do. And you were fully right before when you were building up your question, Dolores, that this is we shouldn't be respected or we shouldn't be treated formally in a respectful way despite we are LGBTQ+. Actually, we should be respected and well-treated and welcome because we are LGBTQ+, not despite of. In that sense, this demands training and this demands education and content from those people that are front-end Uh, that are dealing with customers and travelers daily to understand that sexual diversity is not a liability. Sexual diversity is actually a potential that we have in the difference of in the differences of human being to generate a positive impression and actually to gain new customers that are going to refer us in the future. Referrals are important, reviews are important, uh, rankings and certifications are fully important. But the only and the main aspect LGBTQ travelers are looking when they want to travel is which assets they see. That's what I told you was a combination for they to make a decision. Let's buy the ticket. Let's book the room. We want to go there. If they feel safe in what they read, they listen or they heard or what they have experienced through the experience of other travelers that have gone there, for sure, they will be ready to go to that destination. And that is why, for example, this day in such an interconnected world, all these media and all these different websites and apps on the digital and in the internet spectrum are gaining so much relevance for LGBTQ plus travel. Because those referrals, those comments, and especially those testimonials are gaining so much power to provide that safety we are looking for that is becoming the main driver of the decision-making when choosing a destination that is friendly. Back to your point of pinkwashing, as many um, of other misuse or overuse uh, of, of concepts that we need to discuss in the tourism industry, like sustainability, for example. Um, if a an international brand that anyway, it's led by a private corporate, a private, a private, uh, the private sector of the tourism industry, doesn't walk the talk. And really, at the end of the day, it comes down to cheap, shallow, pink washing. The reviews will speak tons. The reviews and the sharing of their experiences of the people who actually experienced it firsthand, people who actually were there in that in that tour or in that hotel or in that resort, the pink washing has a very short life. I think. And I think that's the power of the word of mouth of the LGBTQ plus community, because there's so much trust across peers. There's so much support that no matter if a company puts that little rainbow flag on top of their website or uh, puts the post out on social media on Pride Month or so, I mean, these things are very easy to, to, to spot, but it's the experience at the hotel level. It, At, at the experience level, when you actually are into it, that doesn't lie, can't lie. And that can be shared with others. And that will, will build the legacy forward of what, of what, of, of the impression that others have of your brand. Right. So I like the social evolution part very much. I think it's, um, 
it's absolutely relevant. I would encourage more and more of the tourism operators that usually listen to the podcast to 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 take a moment and and really reflect as we you know at this time of the year we all look for re- end of the year resolutions or uh you know uh, the wish list for the next year or what you want to improve of yourself da 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 but when it comes to corporations and brand values even though you and I know a lot of tourism corporations that they do good job. They they do good work. They treat their employee well. They they have a very good company culture. They have a very little turnover, and 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 these are examples. I don't name the companies, but these are examples of companies that for me have the biggest potential to even uh, to amplify even more uh, parts of the tra- so sensitivity training, accreditations, um, e- expand the representation of their ideal customer so to speak and there's a lot of as you said there's a lot of uh cautiousness in that sense people are like oh, i will wait see what we see what, let's see what happens i will wait to see what happens what do you think is going to happen that's my question <laughs> what do you think is going to happen so either either is we grow together and we build a better tourism industry more inclusive more safe uh complete in a, in a way without excluding anyone and without even it's not about exclusion really because it's it's really about caring it's about caring caring about people caring about people is the people's industry caring about the people that come in the industry and for me this is paramount because we are people working in the people industry otherwise we go work in a bank or, or become accountants. I don't know. You have a financial background, so you know very well. So how how inst- how powerful is to is to grow and work with people, you know, side by side. Well, you kind of answered my last questions, really, with the with what's next. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. You've brought enormous value, so much knowledge, and uh, so much that we still have we have to learn. And uh, it, I would just say that. I hope it's not going to be the last time to have you over. Thank you very much, Dolores. Just to share final thoughts with with you and with your audience of listeners and viewers. Let's, let's do not forget discrimination most of the time is not premeditated. We are not necessarily planning to reject people. Sometimes just comes out a reaction of my body, of my body language, of my expressions and the language that I use. If I am not conscious that I'm reacting in the way that I'm reacting, I might be rejecting, discriminating, or segregating people even without noticing myself. So in that sense, I believe now more than before, education became a really powerful concept in the travel industry, not only for sexual diversity, for a lot of cases. And let's just do never forget, because we are talking about businesses here, discrimination is a bad business. Thank you very much. Thank you, Felipe. All the best. Thank you so much for being with me today on Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you're listening to this short message, as I bid farewell to you all, it means you've enjoyed the episode. And for that, I'm really grateful. May I just ask you before you go to take a moment and send me a note or a review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast platforms of choice. Share your views, share your feedback. Let me know what you think and get in touch you can always follow the podcast on social media at truth behind travel podcast both on instagram or facebook thank you once again and until next time be well and keep traveling